Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho, at Clotho Spindle on Twitter, joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I'm at the Chikrin on Twitter. Lot? Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr. Uh, comma? Hi, I'm Comma, uh, the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on Tumblr. And Guile. Hi, I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast. Okay, tonight we will be discussing Eddard's 15th point of view chapter in the book A Game of Thrones in this um it was our reader's choice pick from a poll that Guile conducted on Twitter. And uh, spoiler Thank God, <laughs> readers, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, what were the other choices again? What did we it have? It was um, Arya's last chapter from Game of Thrones, which is Ned's execution. Um, the fat pink mask chapter of Sam's. And um, I think I voted for that, maybe. Danny's House of the Undying. And for a little bit, it really looked like it was going to be it a really Danny like it was chapter. Be Danny, which, like, none of you people talk I, about Danny uh, on Twitter, so I was I feel shocked. like that was intentional. I oh, feel there's, like there was a campaign. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I certainly didn't vote for her, but, I mean, I remember <laughs> there was a point, and Kyle's like, you're going to get me in trouble. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, how did you come up with those options, anyway? I actually looked online uh, at lists of chapters oh. that were commonly listed as people's favorite chapters. Oh, okay. And then I took the reaver off because I knew everyone would refuse uh, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you. That was a really good call on your part. I think you, Chiki actually kind of weighed in on that one as well. So Yeah, because you know somebody would have done another, uh, they would have voted for that a, a perverse. Yeah, uh, and I have, you know, I have yeah. our list and I know that later on, like later on towards the end of the year, we'll get back into um the list of chapters that we had as well, and none of these were on our list. So, okay. well done. Okay, cool. So, the method. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of, we have warnings for any potential discussions of violence and rape. Um, <laughs> so, Ned is being held in the black cells beneath the Red Keep, and um, I just decided to go right off into a passage because it's just kind of hard to summarize some of this, so sometimes it's just better straight from the source mm. the dungeon was under the red keep deeper than he dared imagine he remembered the old stories about magor the cruel who murdered all the masons who labored on his castle so they might never reveal its secrets he damned them all little finger slint and his gold cloaks the queen the kingslayer pycelle and varies and sir barristan even lord renly robert's own blood who had run when he was needed most yet in the end he blamed himself fool he cried to the darkness thrice damned blind fool cersei lannister's face seemed to float before him in the darkness her hair was full of sunlight but there was mockery in her smile when you play the game of thrones you win or you die she whispered ned had played and lost and his men had paid the price of his folly with their life's blood when he thought of his daughters he would have wept gladly but the tears would not come even now he was a stark of winterfell and his grief and his rage froze hard inside him Oh boy! For all the grief we give Ned, he's really beaten up on himself quite well here. Yeah, Mm. he doesn't need our help. Yeah, Yeah, he pretty much just outright seems very aware of all of his mistakes. Done, fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, I think he seems mm-hmm. aware of his mistakes, but I also feel like, you know, would he have done anything different? That's a good question. <sighs> I, I feel like he's been damned, and I think he feels he's been damned since um, Robert's Rebellion. Or at hmm. least, yeah, I mean, maybe, but yeah, it's sort of like, it, it's like he's not really regretting what he, he's calling himself a fool, but then he, he never like, he never gets into what would, you know, what could he have done different? You notice how he never blames Robert either? Like he's <sighs> just like constantly telling himself, I failed you and I failed him. And it's like, yeah, but these memories uh, are always very uh, idealistic. True love, man. <laughs> I guess, because, like, if anybody failed, it was fucking Robert. Yeah, Jesus. but, I mean, how did Robert... Robert really didn't nail... nail. <laughs> Damn it. He didn't yeah. nail that. He, he didn't really nail that. Did oh, God. did not sign up to be on this podcast. This. <laughs> this chapter, it deserves so much more than this. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, sorry to all the voters. <laughs> If Robert nailed that, <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> I just I don't know that he failed. That he that he failed that. I mean, you know, it's like Robert got killed because he was an asshole to Cersei. Oh, I yeah, think Robert like, would have gotten killed if he had been a loving husband to her. I think he was. Uh, it, I, no, I I don't think that has anything to do with it. I mean, I feel pretty strongly that Robert failed the entire kingdom by just sitting back and letting whatever the fuck happen, which he very actively admitted to. Oh, (laughs) yeah. One job, right? And that was the king. (laughs) Right. I was like, this is going to sound terrible. I'm I'm really tired, which is probably the only reason that I'm bringing this up. But when they have the, you know, the, the king eats and the hand shits and like it's supposed to be like it's a bad thing. You like that setup? You want to be the king? You would have been happy shitting. (laughs) You know, sometimes that's great. Okay. Girl wants that service. I'm sorry. So do not agree to be on for this crap. It took a a lighthearted turn. Okay. When Ned sleeps, he has nightmares, and his waking thoughts are worse than the nightmares. He wonders if he would ever see Cat again. He thinks about how he failed Robert by hiding the truth from him. He sees Robert, who then turns into Littlefinger, whose lies turn to gray moths as they fly from his mouth. Ned is feverish and half asleep when he hears footsteps. A jug is thrust at him, and Ned drinks the water. He asks how long, and the gawler... Is it gawler? How's that pronounced? Jailer. Jailer. It's, it's just jailer. jailer. Okay. The C? That's good to know. <laughs> it's just... It's Comma just... corrected me the first time, too. I've never forgotten it. <laughs> no My talk. My here is done. That's <laughs> not what happened. Did Comma leave us? No. Too <laughs> signs off (laughs) sorry okay the jailer says no talking and slams the door shut as ned tries to ask him about his daughters lost in delirium he sees a a memory as vivid as a dream he's 18 again the year of the false spring at the tourney at harrenhal he remembers brandon's laughter robert's berserk valor and jamie lannister being welcomed into the king's guard he sees rhaegar jousting and i'll read another portion right here 
Ned remembers the moment when all the smiles died, when Prince Rhaegar Targaryen urged his horse past his own wife, the Dornish Princess Elia Martell, to lay the Queen of Beauty's laurel in Lyanna's lap. He could see it still, a crown of winter roses blue as frost. Ned Stark reached out his hand to grasp the flowery crown. Beneath the pale blue petals, the thorns lay hidden. He felt them clawing at his skin, sharp and cruel saw the slow trickle of blood run down his fingers and woke trembling in the dark promise me ned his sister whispered from her bed of blood she had loved the scent of winter roses god save me ned wept i'm going mad oh man like how did we not like how did anyone read this and not figure out that john was the son by the way like come on it's i know not that hard. It's so obvious now. yeah Raker's such a douchebag that's though. like, like the most horrible it? God, I think I'd murder my husband if he did that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Imagine if Robert did that. I mean, like, if Robert did that to Cersei, she legit would murder him, like, on the journey. That's humiliating. That's next level. Like, so many people there. That's, like, everybody who's everybody, anybody who's, you know. You know, that's it. It's like you can kind of excuse Rhaegar for, like, whatever. He clearly believed in this crazy prophecy thing that he needed to produce three heads of the dragon or whatever bullshit he he believed but he didn't need to publicly do this yeah. i mean like that was right. not necessary no yeah. it, is in on it but even then it's like she doesn't well, you know in on her public humiliation yeah i can like can it. forgive these again i mean like you know you're in this arranged marriage maybe you're not happy Eyes gonna stray, you know. You do, I guess, whatever you gotta do. But you know, it—that's a whole other thing from publicly humiliating your, you know, your wife in in front of everybody. And as political it's like thing, situation, yeah. yeah I you mean, know, as, it's like you need the other kid. You just yeah. have an affair. You don't like, you know, totally. You don't like kill your wife. Yeah, because because <laughs> the politics yeah. are just so bad. Because I mean, anybody'd be offended, but especially it seems like the Dornish would be especially like it's just all you know what I mean. It's it's just well, and I mean Robert, like yeah, yeah, you know, oh, and yeah. Brandon, yeah. like you know Ned is kind of inconsequential as like the spare here, but I mean, you know Brandon's the heir to the North. Robert's her fiance. Like that's kind of mm. sketchy. Well, and I mean, the other thing that's in here is like, and I I've, I've never been convinced convinced this is a consensual thing until it's written that way and you know i don't have any other choice to accept it fine but i mean like can you imagine i mean liana is well born you know she shouldn't have to put up with that shit either oh i think like she was into him yeah but i mean even if she was again you know if he really cared for her which uh, is quite arguable that he didn't you know you don't you don't don't do that you don't do that. You don't, because that, you know, she's going to I mean, be that's some real housewives hate. level shit. Oh, my God. Pulling. And then if you see, like, we have no sense of, like, we we never get a really sense of what her face looked like would, when that happened, right? Because now, now I'm wondering, what did she look like? Because if she smiles, then she's totally enjoying the, you know, kind of the one-upping the wife. Did she know it was going to happen? Yeah. Did, you know, because, but, I mean, if it's blue roses, too, like, well, clearly, mm. like, that was planned ahead of time. Clearly. You know, it doesn't take much to figure out that that's the woman you like, you know, that's her favorite flower. I mean, big deal. So he got the flower. Yeah, but to procure said flower. Yeah. Right. But I mean, what I'm saying is, is she, even if she's into him, she's like, isn't she like, she's a 14 or 15 year old person, right? She's not that old. How old was she? 
Like, I want to say she's a teenager. Oh, when she had yeah. the how old was she when she had the baby? Well, Wasn't probably like not 15? much older. Oh goodness, how old I Rhaegar? Seen when John was born. Oh god, and <laughs> Rhaegar was in his thirties, was he or no twenties? No, so, he's like nineteen or something. Oh, he's like not that. that much older. Okay, that was a good what? One. Enough older. He's in his twenties, I think. So like, statutory, statutory rape. Are you sure? She's born two sixty six. Where the hell is Rhaegar on here? Thanks, comma. <laughs> Because, you know, it's my job to look up this. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, like, she would not be fully aware. So she's Jamie's of... age then. So oh, she's he's 15. a good 10 years older. Oh, so it is. It he is. is? Oh. Well, no, 259. Good seven years older. Seven years. That's it. Yeah. Huh. But, I mean, you don't. She's not going to know all the consequences. So even if she is into him. Him publicly doing that puts her in a whole other level of potential hurt. Let you know, even before it all goes oh, south. Oh, it could be yeah. Put a tar- put, puts a target on her back. Something well, I mean, like there's probably a bunch of you know people going, you slut. You know what are but you? But the doing? other thing is, is, I mean, you know, we know that she's like this wild cultish girl, and we also know she doesn't want to marry Robert. And so, on some level, be- you know, Rhaegar can be an escape for her because even if it was like. Even, you know, if it's an affair, if it's an abduction, if it's an affair, if it's anything, it kind of gets her off the hook of marrying Robert, like, regardless. So, I mean, if she runs off to be his concubine, essentially, like, that would save her from a marriage that she doesn't want. You can kind of see she is maybe the type that would kind of, you know, would do that, like, would do something so drastic and, like, not necessarily think it through. So, I mean, it could just be as simple as that. Like, it's a get out of that's the case it's sort of like how do i put this it's sort of like when you have somebody in high school and they're in love with a much older person at that point it's up to the older person to be the adult and look at all the consequences yeah and and say you know hey we can't do this this is wrong but i mean i mean if you believe that rhaegar is actually like acting on you know, this prophecy, which we know the Targaryens have these I think Rhaegar visions. is acting on his dick. And, and well, his I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, Rhaegar's a D-bag. Like, that's I think we Jamie can accept that. But at the same time, like, Rhaegar and Lyanna's son is actually someone who is potentially going to save, you know, save everyone. So, I mean, he's not wrong. It's just, like, how shitty that yeah. this, you know, how yeah. shitty that your prophecy means that this, like, kind of awesome, cool, sounding 15-year-old girl, you know, has to die in childbirth and, Ugh. you know, half of her family gets killed and, you know, hundreds and thousands of other, you know, of other people die in, in the rebellion, too. Like, you know, it kind I mean, of su- it totally sucks, but, you know, I mean, his prophecy may... From what we know so far, his prophecy is likely not wrong. (laughs) Well, but it's the same old George prophecy thing of, um, was this the only way for this prophecy to be fulfilled? Well, no, they could have left a fucking note. Well, I mean, it's just like, it's all open to interpretation. And it's like, this is how Rhaegar interpreted it. Clearly, Eamon was talking to him, too, about it. This was the interpretation he ran with, and so here we are. But, I mean, like, is this the only way this could have been accomplished? Probably not. Well, it also kind of seems like if he had wanted to dissolve the marriage to Elia, you know, on the grounds that she couldn't have more children, that doesn't seem like it would have been that unacceptable. Like, or if he wanted to take another wife as a Targaryen. Yeah. Like, this wouldn't have been... Well, don't we think he did? I mean, I don't most of us at this point think he did take another wife. I mean... 
I do. I think, think they did. I think he did marry Liana. Yeah. And I mean, he might have married Liana with, you know, Ilya's permission, but in which case, you know, you could have I done mean, it. Who knows? I don't happens. know. I think the whole thing about if Ilya might have given permission is, I mean, that's. Do we ever get any a lot hint? of Do we ever get any hints at that? Or is that just. No, I no. Think it's just like we don't want to think that Rhaegar and Liana were that awful. Oh, jeez. I believe well, they could be that awful. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I believe yeah. they're pretty awful. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't let Liana <laughs> off the hook for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, at 15, she's as much an adult as anybody who's making huge world, decisions yeah. in West Coast. She makes and, a really. And, you know, Rhaegar followed by more terrible ones I would say she doesn't want to marry Robert Rhaegar's supposed to be super hot and like he's all sensitive musician type I mean it's a kind of sneaky I mean you could or she has no choice say it's the same level of you know kind of like with Sansa and Joffrey how she was enamored with him right like, yeah, it could be. I think it's raise your hand who's never been attracted to a douchebag. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, we hold Rob yeah. responsible for the decisions that he made with his dick when he was right. 15 or 16. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. And mm. we really should hold Liana to the same yardstick. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's technically, you know, pretty much an adult in her world. Just because they're dead when the books start, I mean, they still, you know, these characters are still like all the other of George's characters and that, you know, they're not all horrible or all perfect or, you know, I guess I just, I can't, even if Liana did sign on to it, I kind of wonder, did she sign on because she really felt she had no choice? And that was like the, the only, Uh, we'll never know. I mean, you know, we won't know till I guess he writes it. I mean, I feel, I just feel like everything that George has indicated with her character says she's the type who would have been willing to go along with this. You know, she was looking for adventure, and you know, she was wild, and I think everything is is meant to point to the idea that well, she's uh, here, have an adventure, get pregnant, but, and die. Great. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, Tom, <laughs> but I mean, I mean like, like, I agree with you. Rhaegar was older. Rhaegar was married. Rhaegar had obligations, and he should have had the political acumen that she may have lacked being in the North, which is seeing, oh, this is going to cause massive, massive problems. I, I'm sorry, Miss I meant Elia. I mean that she would have agreed to this. Hmm. Oh, I yeah, I've never been convinced that she would agree. I don't, I don't know. I know people think that number one because she's from Dorne, and number two because of the scene where Danny sees Rhaegar and Ilya talking after Aegon is born. But he really doesn't get into anything like I'm going to have to bang another woman. So yeah, I don't, even if I, she I, did agree, I can't see her agreeing to this public display. Yeah, that's just next. Yeah, yeah, that's some next level, level bullshit. Yeah. Get it together, Rhaegar. God. <laughs> And also, can we blame Barristan for losing? <laughs> I kind of just enjoy blaming Barristan. No, for we things. can't. Oh, it's all his fault. Ned blamed it's him. It's interesting. Ned never <laughs> thinks of Ashara Dane at all. <laughs> by the way, oh yeah, that's like I he's know. got no memory of like having sex yeah. with her or anything. So yeah, that never does. That doesn't come up. You think what he? So I feel like little... that probably didn't happen. <laughs> Okay. Ned tries to keep track of the days by when his water is brought, and so far they haven't given him any food. But he thinks that Cersei does not want him dead, she just wants him weak and desperate. He hears iron chains rattle as the door opens, and someone gives him wine. He recognizes Varys' voice through the disguise. Varys informs him that Arya has escaped, Sansa is still betrothed to Joffrey, and has pleaded for Ned's life. Varys tells him he is a dead man, but Ned insists that the queen will not kill him while Cat holds her brother. Um, Varys replies, the wrong brother, 
and shares the news that Cat no longer holds Tyrion. Ned confronts Varys about the deaths of his men, and Varys replies, a courageous informer would be as useless as a cowardly knight. Ned asks Varys if he could free him, and Varys says he could, but they would suspect him, but he, so he will not. He asks if he can pass on a letter, and Varys says it depends on the message, and if it serves his own ends. And this is... I've got another... I realize every section I have, I have something to read, so I'm going to read another part. Oh, good. <laughs> Your own ends? What ends are those, Lord Varys? Peace, Varys replied without hesitation. If there was one soul in King's Landing who was truly desperate to keep Robert Baratheon alive, it was me, he sighed. For fifteen years, I protected him from his enemies, but I could not protect him from his friends. What strange fit of madness led you to tell the Queen that you had learned the truth of Joffrey's birth? The madness of mercy, Ned admitted. Ah, said Varys, to be sure, you're an honest and honorable man, Lord Eddard. Oft times I forget that. I have met so few of them in my life. He glanced around the cell. When I see what honesty and honor have won you, I understand why. Uh, Ned. God. I mean, so Ver. I mean, this is such a. This is so close to Varys's speech to Kevin, more or less, like this yeah. realm bullshit. And, yeah. Um, it's interesting though, because like we think of the, t- you know, we think of the timing of this conversation with Ned and then Varys and Tyrion. And I mean, really in the scheme of the book, it's like a year, right? Like it's really not, it's really not very long, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. A year and a half. Yeah. So it's very little time. And at that point he's, you know, by freeing Tyrion, that's, he's putting some, I mean, yeah, he's not going to anticipate Tyrion killing Tywin, but by freeing Tyrion, he knows he has to get out of Dodge so, I mean, he's going from, you know, stability, the realm, to, like, yep, I'm done, you know, let it let it burn, so, you know, Egan can swoop on in, in a really short time period, which I think the speech to yeah. Kevin kind of falls a little, and this speech kind of falls a little flat when you realize, like, he's only interested in stability for an extremely short time. Are you telling them what they want to hear? Unless, know. you know, because, I mean, I, you know, did he, do, you, do we think Varys knew anything about the Purple Wedding? Oh, oh, I don't know. Have I ever heard anybody talk about that? I don't know. It'd be hard like, to imagine he didn't have some inkling, yeah, but who knows? Yeah. So much. I, or just that, you know, someone would want to kill Joffrey because he's awful. He kind of just let it happen. <laughs> I'm sure he would just let it happen. I mean, yeah. like everybody yeah. pretty much agrees. Okay, well, we'd be all yeah. we'd all, we'd all be better off if Tommen were in charge. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's kind of Tywin's big air, isn't it? That he had to, you know, he had to give in to Cersei about making Joffrey's death a big fucking deal when he should have just, like, gone in and, you know, gone with the party line that, oh, he choked on a bone and, you know. Yeah, and he could have. Yeah. It would have all been, there would have been no problems in terms of, I mean, she would have had a problem, but it would have worked out better for everybody in the longer run. He should have put his foot down. Hmm. Yeah, the only thing, or or you know, just fully blamed it on Sansa since since she wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. had two really, you know, a couple of viable yeah. options, and just totally let himself choose the worst one out of spite, which you know I can totally relate to. <laughs> <laughs> in that in that section too, he talks about protecting Robert from his enemies. So who is he talking about? 
Well, I think so, the Lannisters at this point. I was going to say Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> so he's interceded in the past? I mean, don't you get that impression? I, I don't know. I, I take a lot of what he says here with a big grain of salt, but I I don't know. I think the Lannisters and I think, you know, I think uh, Dorne probably as well. Um, Just, you know, whatever he, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever kind of work he's done behind the scenes to pacify, you know, to pacify Dorne with, with Robert probably would be a, you know. Well, you can't have a rebellion where, you know, the realm is divided against itself, which we kind of forget is true, you know, even even though, say, um, one of the Seven Kingdoms, like the Riverlands, might have, you know, risen up, you know, in favor of of Robert, you know, you always have a few lords who dissent, and there, there's that level of dissent all over the place, and no doubt there were enemies. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, and who knows with these, you know, like, who was, sec- you know, who in Westeros was secretly, you know, um, working behind the scenes or hoping that, you know, like, for example, Viserys would grow up to be awesome and, you know, have a Targaryen restoration. I thought you were going to say restaurant. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Targaryen restaurant. Dragon wings. Maybe maybe we'll get to find out in one of George's 84 sequel or prequels on HBO. Maybe we'll we'll find out what happened during this time. (laughs) I mean, I know. Oh, God, that's the next one. And that'll be me because I don't care. (laughs) Oh, God. (sighs) Uh, Varys informs Ned that Lancel admitted that Cersei gave him the wineskins and told him it was Robert's favorite vintage, but it was not wine that killed the king, it was your mercy. Varys tells Ned he was foolish to ignore Littlefinger's advice to support Joffrey's succession. Ned is surprised, and Varys smiles and tells him tomorrow the queen will visit him. Explaining that Cersei is frightened of him, but more frightened of her enemies, Varys proceeds to list all of those threats. And he goes into some pretty good detail about that, which we can talk about after a... (laughs) Ned insists Stannis is Robert's true heir, and Varys warns him that Cersei will not want to hear that. Ned asks him... How can I serve a woman who murdered my king, butchered my men, and crippled my son? Varys wants him to serve the realm by denouncing Stannis and Renly and taking the black. And Ned asks Varys, asks again who Varys serves. He says the realm. Varys reminds Ned that Sansa's life is on the line as well, and Ned begs Varys to leave Sansa out of it. But Varys reminds him of Prince Rhaegar's daughter, Rhaenys, and how the Lannisters showed her no mercy. Um, here's a little bit here. The High Septon once told me that as we sin, so do we suffer. If that's true, Lord Eddard, tell me, why is it always the innocents who suffer most? When you High Lords play your game of thrones, ponder it, if you would, while you wait upon the Queen, and spare a thought for this as well. The next visitor who calls on you could bring you bread and cheese and the milk of the poppy for your pain, or he could bring you Sansa's head. The choice, my dear Lord Hand, is entirely yours. Ugh. Oh, I know that. I know. I thought you were gonna read that. I wanted to, and it was just all so long. I was like, oh, but I guess the part with the oh my god, with Valyrian, oh my gosh, and the uh, it's horrible. Like, did and that's another thing too. You know, as we were talking about Rhaegar, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, the prophecy is tired of his wife, but did he ever think of his children? I mean, it's horrible. I'm gonna guess that's a big old fashioned no with that because. 
you're, you're thinking about your kids, you're not going put them through that. Father. Well, and I mean, they were specifically kept in King's Landing to be <sighs> hostages for Dorne not joining the rebellion. Yeah. I mean, that's what they, you know, that's why they were there. You know, uh, Rayella got to leave. So, I mean, Ely and those kids were, <sighs> you know, that's why they were there. And I mean, I think he probably, you know, Rhaegar thought he wouldn't die, probably, <laughs> but that you couldn't really guarantee that. And then, you know, you just, and like when you hear the details of Rainey's and how, you know, she was like under her, you know, under hiding under his bed and just, you know, it's like if there, honestly, if there's one person that I could pick that, you know, magically didn't die, I think in the whole series at this point, it'd be her. (laughs) Like, I'd love it if it, you know, it turned out, Oh yeah. You know, Egan is fake, but here's this random servant girl. That would be cool. Yeah. That we've, you know, overlooked. Like, maybe it's this one servant girl of Cersei that keeps not getting sent to um, <laughs> Tyburn. It turns out it's actually Rainey's Targaryen bitches. And she's, you know. Oh. I and thought she... the part where Ned thinks of John was really, like, yeah. kind of, you know, kind of heartbreaking, too. And just. Yeah. There's real remorse. It was palatable reading that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that's getting a... to talk to John. Right. I, I do think if there is one character who's still alive, it's that damn cat. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, absolutely. Valerian's alive. I mean, and, you know, he's, you know, we, we see him. Like, doesn't he steal food from Tywin and well, stuff? I, like, I he mean, steals, um, he, he's, he bothers uh, Tommen's kittens, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. I want him to show up but at I, the end. <laughs> I guess I'm saying the one cat that's going to, or the one cat, the one the character one that's going to make it out alive is Valerian the Dread. <laughs> well, I mean, he's also really old by now, though. So, I mean, you know, I just maybe like him to have someone, you know, show him a little love and let him lay in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> nice retirement. Yeah, exactly. You know, no more, no more trying to, you know, clean the Red Keep. Just, you know, you, you lay on those nice steps and have a good time, boy. Um. So Varys, he came down on his own volition. Then he's he wasn't sent by anybody, right? No. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's in disguise. I think. Yeah. So they and don't. He, know, they don't know he's going down there. So is he just doing it basically to like spell it out for Ned, so that Ned will agree to whatever Cersei says? Yeah. I think he's got. Yeah, he's got an outcome he wants to see happen, and that he probably justifiably doesn't trust Cersei to. Um, uh, be able to pull that off so he goes to Ned he like spells it out gets Ned's cooperation you know it's fine because I don't be, well you never know with Cersei I mean she's no. just not that it's kind of sad though that we didn't get to see that scene between you know Cersei coming to visit Ned yeah. because that would have been kind of a fun yeah. a fun scene that you know for George I would think a fun scene for him to have written unless he just really yeah. The dialogue would have been good. Yeah, I don't know that how much of a sense of Cersei he had at that point. Or yeah, if it, that, it is, yeah, that's going on. It is interesting reading this though, and thinking about the fact that you know this is this is the the flip side of when Catelyn has Jamie in a cell. Oh yeah, yeah. as a captive audience. I mean, you know, obviously Cersei didn't go down and talk to Ned. They had their discussion yeah. before, but it is funny. Well, and just I mean. You know, we, you know, I'm sure reading the book for the first time, you know, you think, oh, this is what's going to happen. Ned's going to go, 
you know, Ned's going to go to the wall and he yeah. and John are going to find Benjamin. And I mean, cause it makes like yeah. absolute perfect, perfectly logical oh, sense, does. right? Like, yeah. Oh, this is what, this is what's happening. This it's is where, <laughs> you know, this is where things are going. That's and, why he did it. Mostly that's why, just to give us that whole scenario and paint that picture for us in our heads. So it sets and, us up for the big shocking disappointment. <laughs> rip us, you know, rip our souls out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts on that, or we wrap that up, or we God damn choice? you, George R. R. Martin, <laughs> you son I mean, of a bitch! It's like, what do you guys think of? You know, this is the first Ned POV chapter that that we've you know we've read together for the podcast, and yeah. I'm just wondering what people's impressions were of Ned. Like, I think we joke about you know stupid Ned, blah blah blah, and uh, well, you I, do. I felt like. Yeah, I know. I totally do. And I, I totally read this and I couldn't, I mean, all I, you know, it wasn't just that it, it, I was picturing Sean Bean, but there was like this, you know, like utter Sean Bean-esque aspect to every thought Ned was having that it was just so, I, like, I, don't I, I know. couldn't yeah. take, it, take it out of that at all. I don't know how you can read this and not feel some sort of empathy or yeah. sympathy unless you don't have those qualities because, I mean, He's he's in so much pain physically. Yeah, the emotional pain is really. Telling. He is literally in the dark, like utter blackness, all of the time, mm-hmm. and his wounds are on fire. He's uh, you know he's got to know everything's all gone to he's hell. Agonizing about his children, yeah. and he's in in so much physical pain. I mean, when he talks about, like, he's clearly got a fever. Or there's some sort of infection raging in his body. I seem to keep bringing in the medical stuff. And so, well, it definitely okay. sounds worse than even what, you know, with Drogo's wound. It sounds bad. It sounds really bad. Yeah. And it's just, he's so, you know, you don't, he thinks a little bit about, you know, he thinks a little bit about politics when he's just thinking himself. But, I mean, he just wants to go home. Maybe you know, he would have like, lived anyway. Maybe the all would have been moved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's just so, you know, he's not playing how unsuited he is for the Game of Thrones. You know, he's not playing. He's he's worried about his, his wife and his children and yeah. his, his family. Just, and yeah. he's in, I mean, and he has been consigned to, I mean, he's living in filth. And I, like I said, literal darkness. Like he talks about. Like, I think the only times he sees anything is when the guard comes with the water. Well, it's interesting that Chicky brought up Jamie in the in the river river run cells because you think like, you know, I think Jamie kind of came to Jesus, if you will. <laughs> it's a bad word, <laughs> bad word for Westeros. But I think like, you know, people talk about him getting his hand chopped off as being like this defining moment. But, you know. You read that first POV chapter, and it, it's obvious, like, he's been thinking. Like, there's there's a lot that's been going on with him sitting in the cells. And, you know, you kind of see that affecting who he's going to be. Yeah. And, you know, you don't really see that with Ned. Like, of all of, you know, Ned is thinking of, like, at, you know, maybe some mistaken actions he took. But it's not like Ned is someone that's sitting there thinking, oh, I should be, you know, a more, you know, t- uh, a more trickery, per, tricky person, or I should, you know, <laughs> yeah. be all this. Like he is, you know, 
for all he's of just, his He's just playing games, a, his greatest hits of regrets is what he's doing. Yeah, well, he, I, is, I mean, he is, but he's like not, you know, it's not like he's down on who he is as a person, you know, the way I think Jamie was. I, I also no. think, like, if you're at that point, you got to know there's only a few moves left to you. And mm. they're very, I mean, if you're in that much agony, you're not going to be worried about, well, I should have done this and it would have ended up better. I mean, I don't think that's where you go with that, at least not if you're, you know. But I think even, maybe, you know, think of Davos and, you know, when Davos is in prison and he's thinking, you know, I should have been a better husband or, you know, like you kind of get these people with these thoughts like that. And like Ned totally doesn't think like that at all. Like he's really like, you know, I think argue and not that, like in a like bad way. It's just that, and I, you know, I think he is, well, I mean, somewhat I think comfortable in who he is as a person. He's a little more responsibility. I, I, and I mean, I love Davos, but I mean, it is implied, and I'm pretty sure he and Stannis have a thing going on, whereas Ned seems to have been largely faithful to his wife. I mean, to you Robert. Know. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say to Robert. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> we'll not go there. We'll Full not circle. Go there. <laughs> I mean, Ned doesn't have, I mean, he's got flaws, but I mean, as a family man, I really don't think you can argue that, you know, he's, it's not like he's beating his children and, you know, screwing everything in sight. So, well, so I'm guessing that, and also, like I said, you know, Davos is at least, he's not injured. I I mean, certainly not in the way Ned seems to be. And also, I mean, I think Ned realizes it's endgame. Yeah. I don't think their cells are quite as terrible as Ned's, too. Like, yeah. he's yeah, in complete solitary that. confinement. Not know, even a bucket. That, that no bucket. bucket yeah. of shit, though. No bucket. <laughs> not even a bucket <laughs> to shit in. Tyrion's cell was up there in the in the Eerie. That oh, was, yeah. pretty that was pretty terrifying. Still had Tyrion a had view. No Fresh air. Started <laughs> shit off the edge. Tyrion was not like lying there with whatever God knows what Ned's got going on. No, but Tyrion, Tyrion, God, there's for your top five episode, Kyle. Which jail? Best jail cell. Yeah, best jail. Yeah, this is this will be the most creative jail. Worst jail cells. There we go. (laughs) My my the one I'd want to be in is in uh, would be Wyman Manderley's with the. Eel pie and all the other crap going on. <laughs> Books that sounds stuff. like a good deal, except I don't like eel, but you know. Oh, like, I love it. Sushi, yum. Mm. But it's not like, you know, I roll one way in the middle of the night and I'm dead. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's not that's like I'm lying there with sepsis and, you know, no. I mean, it's as jails go, that's a pretty gushy one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do we have any mail this week? We do. Uh, we have uh, two pieces of mail. Um, uh, this one is from Mama Bear, and she writes, "Hey, ladies, I wanted to shower. Excuse me, shower you with a bit of praise and ask a question. First, I just finished the most recent episodes, and I really appreciate how you've treated the Sansa Elaine chapters. I understand why Sansa is such an annoying character for so many people, mostly from the show's portrayal, in my opinion." So I was glad to hear y'all cover her chapters chapters objectively, not glossing over the character's flaws, but also not reducing her to, quote, ugh, oh my god, well actually OMG, annoying teen girl, end quote. Um, For me, Sansa is a perfect example of having a woman's type of courage and showing that you don't have to go around breaking every female taboo and stereotype to be strong, a strong or smart character. 
Getting off my Sansa soapbox, I wonder. I was wondering what you all see as the future of the podcast past season eight. With season eight around the corner, and Wynn possibly being out in the next year or so. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I assume you'll have a few more years worth of content, but how do you see the song of closing the door and coming here ending? Would you wait it out for a dream of spring, since I'm sure you'll disregard the unnecessary Targ histories? Ha ha. Damn straight. Um, that's me. Uh, did you even see it going for this long when you started? No. Not that I want it to end, but please go on forever. But the end of the last episode, you were discussing other fandoms, and several of you talked about not being into Game of Thrones, A Song on Vice and Fire, as you once were, which was which is understandable. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Looking forward to chatting with y'all in a few, again in a few weeks. Oh, my God. I did not know that we got this. Before we started recording tonight, we were actually discussing some of these exact same topics. It's so fun. <laughs> it is. But to answer one question, no, we absolutely did not think we were going to be going for this long. I mean, I feel like we can answer another question, which is, no way in hell are we going to be here for a dream of spring? <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry. I just like you guys too much to think about ending. So, well, well for don't me. forget we always have the um, the uh, Anna Green Gables podcast. Yeah, yes, we do. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, in many ways, we're here for each other more than anything. I yeah, think, yeah. At this point, but we do. We should maybe talk about what we have coming up, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we were talking about, because it sounds like uh, the show is not out till July. Does that sound accurate? Of, of next of Is that right? <laughs> is, is that right? I thought it was like March. Is it July? Oh, gosh. No, I don't, I don't think they have a date yet. Oh, it could it? be anything. I've sort of divorced myself from the show entirely, so I have paid no attention to any of that. Yeah, so, no, it's um, 2019 sometime, and I would be I'd be surprised if they would have their final season in the summer. To be honest, like that doesn't seem likely. And I and and George has already said the book's not coming out 2018, and frankly, I don't know if it, when it is coming out. So what we yeah, do have we don't coming know if out, it's coming out ever. <laughs> so in the meantime, um, we do have the Asha chapters coming up, and. Um, Maybe this is a good point to say that if you're interested in being on one of those to maybe shoot us an email. Yeah, definitely. Um, We have a couple special episodes. And what we're going to do when we get into A Storm of Swords, instead of just doing Tyrion's chapters, uh, we're going to do Sansa's as well, um, which will give us a little bit of a break, I think. (laughs) A much needed break. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, what the, the way their plot lines intersect, yeah. it's really it hard made to sense do to do that. The other. Yeah. Oh. So that'll carry us almost to the end of the year, and then we'll get back into um, some of our favorite chapters again, um, which are really fun ones, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think we should do more of these um, listener picks, too, because I quite yeah. enjoyed this. Yeah. 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 Good it, idea. Really, it was really fun. And then as long as it's not the Reaver, <laughs> you're never going to get that choice. We could do that as a drunk cast. I also never want to read we Chet have to get again. <laughs> you never want to read what again, comma? Uh, Chet's POV. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Although I would read a chapter you know, ever. Vermeer would have been a fun one to do. I don't even think about <laughs> that. 
God, we we should do a poll of like what people think the worst chapter is. Or like Melisandre. And, and then do a drug cast and read the worst chapter. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the saltiest oh. podcast. What would be the worst chapter oh, though? I'm sure people would just bo- vote Brienne's chapters the worst oh, chapters. Anything. Anything with those crazy J- Greyjoy uncles. Or oh, like yeah. the Tarion or whatever. The, or Arahota's like first chapter. Yeah, no. Like. <laughs> so not down for those. Drunk or sober. <laughs> uh, be having margaritas because I'd be salty. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the answer is we're going through season eight for sure. Yeah. And yeah. we'll see where, you know, where we're at. If, the, if it were to seem like wins was actually on the horizon we definitely would like to get that far yeah, yeah. but uh, we'd probably be on a bit of a hiatus until we like oh god yeah. we do the whole book we do the whole wins would we go chapter by chapter or do we ever talk about that or no i think we thought that we would actually do divide Jane. ourselves okay. into teams more or less like, like of the fast readers and slow readers yeah, yeah. and then the fast reader like and you know podcast based upon the fast readers first <laughs> and then the slow readers because clearly like there's going to be people that are going to you know take a little are going to need a little longer to dig through it than others whereas you know some people will like take off of work and stuff to like yeah. you know, uh, to, read, yeah. to read through it so there's also the hospitalization for the shock we'll be under for the book actually. And then too, I mean, honestly, like we might, if, if like, let's say there's a miracle and there's a release date for wins that was like, you know, let's say June, 2019. I mean, realistically we might have to like take a hiatus just because people would want to get off the internet as much as possible. Yeah. 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 We also got uh, a piece of mail that I will read if my computer stops freezing. Um, and there we go. Sorry. That the subject line, I have to read this aloud, was this podcast makes me want to misery George R. R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that. Close the door. Come here. Does not endorse this. Do not. Come, close the door, come here, you dirty bird. <laughs> Anyhow, um, she goes on to say, it is important that I said that first. Arya has become my favorite character since I began, I've began. i begun my reread. I'm new to your podcast, and I'm so happy to discover it. I've skipped around a bit now, um, but I'm close to being caught up. I've grown to love you all so much that if George, that if George being miseried for the JB love scene we all need, uh, would not be the worst idea. <laughs> you all make me laugh so hard. Um, after the embarrassment that was season six and seven, I'm currently on my first deep dive to divine a foreshadowed ending that will at least pl- placate me. I enjoy all of your insights and love that difference of opinions are not dismissed as tinfoil on this podcast. Basically, you the best. Hmm. And then she goes on to say, if none of you are familiar with the Order of the Gray ha- the Green Hand YouTube channel, I think it's worth a listen. I enjoy their fan, fear- fan theory because it is so thoroughly researched. I'd be interested to hear any of your thoughts. Hmm. Lastly... Has anyone noticed the character parallels between Arya and Cersei, or is it just me? Keep up the good work. I love laughing with y'all, uh, you all. Shadow Wolf. 
A nice compliment to that, yeah, Mail. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's great. It's always good to hear. I'm, I don't... I don't know that I understand the parallels between Arya and Cersei. Are you thinking kind of downward like, spiral, maybe, or or like young sociopaths? Yeah, dark. I, I think like, it's arguable that book Arya is a sociopath. I don't think she is. I think that's more yeah, a show thing. Um, yeah, she retains a lot. I mean, her outrage in the books is. I mean, she has a, a social conscience, and you know, she. I, I don't think she's the stone cold killer that yeah. the show has turned her into. Yeah, I'm just I'm curious like what the what she sees as the parallels because I I I can't think of what they would be. Write us know. back. Yeah. Yeah, let us know not what saying, you yeah, think. Yeah, not saying yeah. there's not there yeah. not saying we love mulling it's not things. there, but yeah, it's I don't know, man. Yeah, I could think it's just kind of getting, you know, dark, but Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's our mail. Okay. You can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please like review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, Google music, wherever you listen and please support us on Patreon at close the door. Uh, thanks everyone. And uh, I guess I'm closing the door. Get out.